Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Jen, welcome to Clever Girl Finance. I am so excited to have you joining me here today to share your debt payoff story. So you and your husband paid off over $78,000 of debt. You thought you were going to do it in five years, but you did it in less time. And what's really incredible about this story is that you guys faced unemployment twice, in addition to a slew of other challenges. So I'm super excited to have you join me and share your story with the Clever Girl Finance audience. So I'm going to have you introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. Well, thank you so much for having me. My name is Jen Smith. I'm the co-host of Frugal Friends Podcast, and I am the chief financial educator at modernfrugality.com. I'm super excited to share my story because I truly believe if we can do it, I think anybody can. Because uh, we didn't make a lot of money. Uh, I think we made whatever the average American median income is. Um, and yeah, like you said, two bouts of unemployment, but we're able to pay off $78,000 of student loan and car debt um, in 23 months. And that was with buying a house in there, uh, getting kicked out of our really affordable apartment. Um, and and just like, yeah, other things that came up that, that were, you know, seemed traumatic in the time. But now looking back, it's like road bumps that everybody experiences on their debt-free journey. Yeah, traumatic, like unemployment. That is a big deal in someone's financial plan, just living day-to-day life. And that happened to you guys twice. So let's kind of start at the beginning because I want to dig into your story. You talked about earning the median American income. Um, and I'm going to look up that amount while we're talking so I can <laughs> put it out there yeah. for everyone who's listening. Um, but how did you guys get to the space where you're like, you know, I we want to pay off our debts. Enough is enough. Let's do this now. What was the thing that compelled you to want to pursue debt freedom? So it was my fiance at the time. So he asked me to marry him and I said, yes. And then immediately he's like, I want to pay off my student loans. And I was like, can I, can I have a do-over? Cause I'm like, not into that. <laughs> and I had double the amount of student loans debt that, that he had. Um, and he had just graduated. He's an aircraft mechanic and had no job. My job would only give me 25 hours a week. I was an acupuncturist. Um, so we did not have a big income. And I 
distinctly remember saying like, I do not want to live the rest of my twenties under a rock trying to get rid of this debt that I don't think is payoffable. Um, and like just wasting, you know, the quote unquote best years of my life. Um, so that is where it all started. And so when my fiance told me he wanted to pay off his debt, he challenged me to envision like, what do you see for our life? Like, what do you want us to do down the road? And that's what got me initially dreaming beyond debt. Uh, Cause I thought I would have my student loans for the rest of my life. And I couldn't envision a future without them. So that's what got me thinking. And I really want to foster. I want to be a foster parent. And so that's really difficult um, when you are working a lot and having to pay off five, six, seven hundred dollar monthly student loan payments. Um, so I knew that if I want to foster and I have if I want to have a more flexible life, uh, I, I can do that more easily without debt. And so that was where the journey started for me when I started dreaming beyond my debt. So fast forward six months, we're married and Travis does not have a job. Uh, so, right. As soon as we got married, he, he left his job that was, um, across the state to move, to be close to me. And so we started our debt-free journey with me working 25 hours a week and him without a job. Um, what a way and, to start, <laughs> right? It's everyone wait, tries to wait for this perfect moment to start paying off debt. And I really believe that just start at the worst possible moment because then it can only get better. Uh, that's, that's a great way to think about it, right? <laughs> right. Cause then every setback was like, well, we may have been, you know, can't get taken, worse than this. Right. It, we took two steps or back. Can't get worse we, than before. Yes. Right. Um, so he did find a job, um, within a few months and I started doing a lot of side hustles to kind of make up for the time. Like I didn't have a lot of hours at my main job, but that meant I had a lot of time. So I was able to get 40 hours a week by supplementing with uh, like a weekend job and side hustles. So okay. then six months later, or maybe not even, he loses his job again because it was a contract position. Um, and during that time I was working so many side hustles, I got shingles. Um, but wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I realized I could not work as much as I was trying to work my body. And it was around that time where we, we kind of figured out like, okay, we have, we have a lot of time. We, we don't have a lot of money. And so that's when I really discovered I mean, discover is a bad word, but like I discovered frugality and started um, trying to be more conscious of my spending instead of relying on the amount of money we made to determine how much debt we were going to pay off. Because we thought it was going to take us five years to pay off our debt when we first started, just because okay. of what we thought we could make and, and stuff. So we kind of, we started to shift our mindset and, and putting these two things together. So the income and the spending control, not just trying to like pinch a penny here and there, but really saying, okay, like, what does it look like if I stop spending money on all discretionary expenses for one month and like just cut everything out? So I did my first no spend challenge. And so when we started to put the two together is 
and then he got another job that was more stable is when things really took off. And that is when we recalculated a little bit later and realized we could, we could do it in two and a half years. Um, and then the more we, the better we got, cause we sucked at the beginning. We really sucked at making money and saving money. And so the better we got at that, the faster we realized we could pay off our debt. Um, and so then eventually we did it in 23 months, even with the, the buying a house kind of near the end. And that is so great, Jen, because, you know, one of the things that you said that I found really interesting was that at the beginning, when your husband, now husband said that he wanted to pay off his debt or your debts together, you were like, I'm going to have this debt forever. Right. And a lot of times that is something that many people are challenged by the mindset of not being able to accomplish that financial goal, whether it's debt or savings or achieve that thing that, you know, they put this limitation in front of themselves before they even give themselves the opportunity to try to take action. And I love that you had someone on your side in the form of your partner, your husband, that was motivating you and challenging you to be able to pay off this debt, even though you guys were not earning that much. So for those of you listening, the median American income, as of most recently, is about $68,000 between the two of you, right? And that's way less than how much you owed in order to pay it off in two years. So you talked about becoming more frugal, right? Which a lot of people will focus on cutting back on their expenses in order to free up money, in order to put towards their debt or savings goals. But then you also alluded to the fact that you guys try to earn more income despite your husband losing his job. So I'd love for you to break down what were some of the specific things you did to get frugal? Was it like grocery? Like, you know, what were you doing? Cutting back on certain things? What kind of things were you cutting back on? And on the other side of that, what were some of the things that you were doing to bring in additional income, right? Because doing the combination of those two things is what allowed you guys to accelerate that debt repayment from five years, the plan that you had, to two and a half years. And I'm sure folks who are listening or watching this on YouTube are interested in knowing exactly the specific things that you were doing at the time. Yeah. So it was just a a beautiful dance of combining the two and finding what was finding the strategies that were most optimal for us. So if you try and do everything, then you will for sure, you know, burn yourself, burn yourself out and do nothing. So we were trying to find this uh, balance of saving and making money that worked for us. And so for me, I'm very all or nothing. Uh, So those no spend challenges are kind of what worked for me. I, I grew up like in a very middle-class household. And so we were always um, buying the cheapest stuff. So I, I had already the mindset, like I'm broke, I'm poor, I buy the cheap stuff. So it was no problem for me to buy generic brand stuff. Um, But I had the problem where if I had money in my account, I had to spend it. You just, it has to just leave your fingers. Yes. yes. Uh, so that was my issue. So I really had to control my impulse spending or um, kind of my limiting belief spending where it's going to, you know, it's going to leave anyway. So I might as well spend it. And that's kind of what the no spend challenges started as a way to save money and really taught me a lot about 
my spending in general. So like what, um, what stressors or what triggers cause me to spend more, um, whether it's an emotion or just being in a physical place, like at Target. Um, so I learned a lot about my spending there. And I know that not, it doesn't work for everyone. Not everyone is, um, you know, as all in as I am, but I just have that personality where I have to, like, if I'm doing a, a diet, I'm either doing like a full no sugar cleanse or there's like no balance for me. <laughs> but so. I think that when it comes to something like paying off debt or wanting to save money, um, everyone should try a no spend. Not even, let's say your, your finances are okay, but you still want to do better, right? In whatever way you want to do better. Um, a no spend is such a great way, even if you do it for a couple of days, it doesn't have to be this long drawn out thing, but it's like you said, it's such a great way to get in tune with your finances, understand your financial behavior, understand your thinking in certain scenarios. It's just really focusing, look at it like a project, focusing on doing it so you can understand how you are with money better. Like how is your relationship with money what is it that causes you to constantly spend? Is it a person you're with all the time? Is it a place that you drive by? Is it an emotion you're feeling? A no spend, if you really do it the right way, can help you get in tune with all those things. And so I think everyone should try, even if you're not into like, you know, diets or things like that, it's worth just taking two days, three days and say, you know what, I'm going to track how I feel every time I feel I want to spend and I'm not going to buy anything and I'm going to see how I go from there. Yes, absolutely. It just gives you that reason to pause and think about why you're spending money. And it doesn't mean a purchase is negative or positive. It just gives you that time to think about it. And like, that is what I really needed and still need. Like I still try to do no spend challenges here and there because personal finance is a journey and it's it doesn't end when you pay off your debt for, for sure. Absolutely so, not. I still do yeah. no spend challenges like for little goals. I'm teaching my kids how to do savings challenges, which are essentially no spend. Like we're not going to buy this so mm -hmm. we can focus on that big thing you want to buy. It's, it's, you have to continue to work that muscle, right? It's like with exercise. If you don't work out for two months, you start to get shorter breath when you go running. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have to stay in tune. So I, I love that. Yes. So, so yeah, I started to do that. Um, and that was a, that was a big thing that had the advantages while I was doing it, that I could save a lot of money in one month. Um, but then carried over into the months after where I was like, okay, I, I don't need to grab a coffee every time I go walk downtown or, or these little habits I've built up. I started to realize those are habits and I don't, they're not necessities or I can do the fun stuff without spending the extra money on this. So it didn't cause everything. It didn't cause me to stop spending money on everything, but allowed me to maybe stop spending money on half of it or, or whatnot. So that was a big thing. Um, and then as far as income, we try to use our personal and professional skills to leverage higher paying side jobs. So we try to stay away from side hustle apps and things that kind of have a low return on time investment and try to choose, try to choose things that were um, particular to the skill sets we had. So Travis would um, fill out paperwork for other aircraft mechanics 
nobody else can do that. You have to have a license to do it. So, uh, and, but they don't like to do it. So he started doing that and was able to make $20 an hour on the side. Wasn't a lot, you know, maybe two, three hours a week, but it was something. Yeah. Um, and then I was doing acupuncture at a drug and alcohol rehab center one hour a week. So we were looking at these things and it maybe didn't give us as much time, but it gave us more money for our time. So we were able to add in these lower paying side hustles, kind of fit them in where we could if we had time. Um, but we really prioritized the higher paying ones. And that is so awesome because when it comes to paying off debts or other financial goals and you, you have it written down, you have your plan, the first thing people want to do is I'm going to cut back on my spending. I'm going to do no spend. I'm going to manage the income I currently have as best as I can. But the truth about that is that there's only so much you can cut back on, even if you're super frugal and you get super extreme because you still have to eat. You still have to you know, get in your car or get into transportation and get to work. You still have to do certain things that are going to cost you money, right? And so the next thing that people need to add on, almost have to add on, especially given the climate that we're in right now in a pandemic and job uncertainty, is finding ways to bring in additional income. And I love how you guys are so creative, your husband at work, you finding other side hustles. And sometimes people will say, well, you know, I don't have time to find um, a side hustle, um, I don't have time to do a part-time job. I don't have time to to do anything extra. But sometimes it could be as simple as just going into your extra bedroom, going into your closet, going into your kitchen, taking some photographs, putting those things online, seeing who wants to buy them, right? And I honestly feel like if you want to achieve your goal bad enough, you can do anything for a short period of time, right? There are side hustles. There are things I have done when I am trying to focus on a goal, when I was trying to save money coming out of college that were extremely uncomfortable. I wanted to be in my bed. I wanted to sleep. <laughs> Who wants to work yes. on this? I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go shopping. Yeah. But the goal I had was so much bigger than those things. And you can do anything temporarily, right? So it might seem like an inconvenience for anyone listening. It might seem like a hassle, but if you can bring in that extra money to accelerate your goal, right? Jen, you guys did that. You cut it back by two and a half years. That's yeah. huge. That's time in your life that if you had spent the whole five years paying off, you can't get it back, right? And you were intentional about cutting that time back. And I think that's incredible, especially given the fact that at the beginning, when you started the journey, you had no idea how you were going to pay off that debt because your husband had lost his job <laughs> and then you got the momentum. And then six months later, it's like, whoops, no more job. That is yeah. a challenge, right? And so, yeah. So now that you are on the other side of the $78,000 of debt, um, what are you doing now with your finances? How are you, number one, ensuring that you remain debt-free? And what are the goals that you guys have with all that extra money that you, not, you have now freed up that's no longer going to your debt? What are your future financial goals? Yeah. So this is something that I dreamed about while we were paying off debt. And then when it actually happened, I was like, ah, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so, so the first thing is, is we started investing and I had no education about investing at all. And I didn't even look into it while I was paying off debt because I thought I was so like 
head in the sand about making money and saving money. So when I, we paid off our debt, I was kind of like, okay, now what, how do I do this investing thing? And I, and I love your book um, about investing and, and it's so, there weren't as many around like five, six years ago um, when I was looking for them, but there was The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. And so I read that and we just started- That is great. That's a great mm-hmm. book. Yeah. And so we just started a very simple investing strategy. And so we didn't really start to get, a, you know, more complex until we were um, in the six figures invested. So- I just want to encourage everyone, like if, again, if we can do it, (laughs) we figure it out with a book, um, then you can definitely start, get started with investing. And so initially we, we had dreams of, you know, just maintaining that momentum and retiring early. But then I realized I was tired. I was tired after we (laughs) paid off the debt. Um, And I did not want to keep up that momentum anymore. So we now have a very uh, appointed but casual goal for our investments. We kind of know what we, we have a goal for what we want to have and we put enough away every month to get there in our retirement accounts. And that's kind of it right now. And we have cash maybe on the side for if a real estate uh, investment opportunity comes up, but we we spent a lot of time and, and we've been debt free now longer than we were actually paying off debt, which is such a weird wow. feeling. <laughs> um, we've been on the other side longer than we were in it, um, but we're trying to just enjoy life, and it feels so much sweeter now because we had those those two years um, that we were really working hard and working as a team, and so now the fruits of our labor are even sweeter and we don't take them for granted. We don't take this financial freedom and flexibility we have for granted. Um, And we're just really trying to embrace it uh, while gradually investing for our retirement. There are so many things that you said that I love. So, you know, learning about investing and now putting that money that you uh, we're putting towards your debt, towards your investment goals. And even though you didn't understand the full world of investing, figuring out how to make it work the same way you figured out how to make paying off debt work on your incomes and just, you know, side hustling and all of that. And I think that's something that's totally possible. That's part of why I wrote, you know, the book on investing. And a lot of people get challenged by something like investing. It seems difficult. I don't know how to do it, but it's all about learning and being intentional. Mm -hmm. And you, Jen, now you and your husband are basically living life on your own terms. And for me, that is the ultimate financial goal. I know a lot of people are into the fire movement and retiring early, but what what is that? What is the intent of FIRE and re- early retirement? It's being able to live life on your own terms. And just because you don't retire, just because you don't quit your job doesn't mean that you can't live your life on your own terms. Some people love their jobs. Some people do not want to be retired and hang around. <laughs> <laughs> Even though what I've yeah. found is that a lot of people who retire early end up having second careers, starting businesses, still working. So, you know, the whole idea of retirement, I think we need to adjust what that term means because people think about it like, oh, I'm just going to 
live in my mansion or live on my beach in Costa Rica and just do nothing all day. No, it's, you know, when you think about achieving your financial goals, when you think about financial wellness, it's positioning yourself to live life on your own terms, however you want to live it. Retired and working, retired and not working, retired early, whatever it means to you, that is so important. I love that you guys have gone to that point where you now have the flexibility to say, I'm going to invest in real estate. I'm going to enjoy life. I'm going to do this. That is so amazing. So congratulations to both of you. Yeah. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, no. And that's exactly how we feel. So we, and I have, I'm lucky to have a job that I love. I get to write about personal finance all day and like (laughs) talk about it on a podcast. Like it's my dream. (laughs) So I don't ever want to retire from that as long as my fingers can type and my mouth can talk. Yes, it's about having the flexibility, giving yourself options, and like I said, living life on your own terms. Um, I do have to ask you, how do you guys um, stay motivated, especially now that we're navigating a pandemic? Um, You know, how are you guys staying motivated on your financial goals with life in general? It has been difficult. I am such a goal-driven person. So when we were paying off the debt, it was easy. I had the goal and I could just work for it. And now we're in this place where, yeah, we have the goal, but it's so far off. And so now I struggle with just trying to like embrace and enjoy life. Um, So I have like my career goals as substitutes. So I can distract myself with trying to, you know, do something new in my business or make a little bit more over here. So that's kind of what I am, how I'm keeping myself motivated. Um, And I think, so we just had, uh, we had our first child last year. Uh, So congratulations. Thank you. So exciting. It has been (laughs) such an interesting time to have um, a little baby. Uh, well, now he's a toddler. But before the pandemic, he was a baby. And like now he's an old man because it's, <laughs> it's aged him. <laughs> um, but we're but he puts a lot of things into perspective for us, too, um, that we didn't have before. So I think that's really motivating for my husband, especially. He's an amazing dad, way better at parenting than I am. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, before I let you go, I have to ask you, what is your Clever Girl superpower? I, so on on the Enneagram, I'm a three. And I'm not super into the Enneagram, but I have been told I'm a three. And so I feel like my superpower is just achieving because that's like what threes do. Um, I, I love to get things done. Like I start something and I finish it. And so I think finishing that's my superpower. That's great. You know, I used to be a finisher. <laughs> I used to be, specifically when it came to books. Listen, I was the girl that even if this book was horrible, dead boring, I had to finish the book. And then one day I was like, listen, Boa, release yourself. You do not have to finish the book. You do not have to finish the series. Stop punishing yourself. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so, that's so real to me because, uh, Travis got me a book and it's like sitting over there and it looks so good. I want to read it, but I'm not, I'm not going to open it. 
But being a finisher for your goal, that's amazing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, not books or movies you don't like or see. The worst are the series. Like, God, this has like 80 episodes and I'm still in episode three, but Bola, you have to finish this because you started it. I had to like do a come to Jesus and just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> so Jen, tell everyone how they can find you, where they can read your amazing content, listen to your podcast. You guys, you and um, your business partner or friend have a podcast together. So tell us more. Yeah. So if you love podcasts, then check out Frugal Friends podcast. My friend Jill and I are over there talking about all things frugality uh, from saving money, but also controlling your spending and minimalism and sustainability. So all things having to do with money. And then I am also on the internets and social media, um, modernfrugality.com. And I have a bunch of resources to help people uh, make more, spend less, and maintain motivation and momentum on the debt-free journey. Because I feel like that was a big thing for me. After I figured out how to save and how to earn, it was just maintaining that momentum the whole way through. So um, yeah, and I, I have a free resource. If you want to go to modernfrugality.com slash debt-free, I have a debt-free roadmap um, that can kind of help you if you are on the journey to debt freedom, figure out where you are and maybe what the next step is and even some detours you can make. Thank you so much, Jen. This was great. I'm going to make sure that we include your website, podcast, and also that resource in the show notes. And again, thank you for being here. I appreciate you sharing your story and I wish you tons and tons of success. Oh, thank you so much for letting me come on and hang out with you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.